0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Overstated NBA Show. We're recording this on a Thursday. There is no NBA on, so we're doing a little bit of a playoff preview, a little bit of a recap of the playing games that have happened already. And yeah, we're going to have some fun. We're going to kind of give our matchups on what matchups we like. Maybe we'll get into some predictions on who we think is going to come out of the East and the West, maybe even an NBA Finals prediction. I don't know. we still got time for that. But without further ado, we got the man, Brent Usher, who is looking dapper, dapper in a little polo black polo he's got the san antonio san antonio spurs hat on and then of course we got mikey who is rocking a houston rockets jersey what's up fellas how we doing
1: doing good man doing good yeah no complaints <laughs> i like it yeah so mikey, i wanted to doing? say i'm good man i uh, i threw on the houston rockets jersey i was telling brett before you got on because uh he posted that story on twitter and it's already just taken off like crazy but the uh The Akeem Elijah Wan goggles story on Twitter is fucking fire. Our guy Brett still just putting out the content. We're proud of you, man.
2: Uh, Yeah, dude, that jersey is absolute fire. I need to get one of those, the the throwback champion. But I love it, man. I love it. I love it. You keep
0: doing what you're doing. So, as I said at the top, man, there's no NBA games on tonight. We got two games tomorrow. And then obviously the NBA playoffs start on Saturday and Sunday. Brett, I kind of wanted to get your your thoughts here on the plan. I saw a tweet that you had, uh, I think it was yesterday. I think you and I were kind of in the same spot that you were most looking forward to the Pelicans-Thunder game. And I think you even had a tweet that, you know, this has been the best game of, of the plan. And I, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I, I love the plan. I think it's good for basketball. The more basketball, the better. I don't necessarily like that, you know, 10 out of 15 teams technically get into the playoffs, but that's neither here nor there. more basketball to me, the better. I'm I'm never going to complain about more basketball, but I thought (laughs) that these last couple games um, before the Pelicans-Thunder game was just awful basketball. Yes, the Lakers-Minnesota game was super exciting, super exciting. I know Ethan, who was just on the pod earlier this week, probably had a couple meltdowns, but that was like – that fourth quarter might have been (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> some of the worst basketball I've ever seen in my life. And then you had before that, you had Miami and Atlanta, which was just like, a oh, wow. That kind of didn't see that coming, but that was just such a, a butt kicking going on. That was just, okay. Like, I, I don't really know what we're supposed to take away from that game. And it was just, I don't know, man. It, w- it was just very, very odd. And then obviously you had Toronto and Chicago last night. And I thought that that was a perfect game of what those two teams represented, like, yeah, when Toronto, when it looks good, they're really good. Uh, that's why they were up by 18 in this in the first half. And then you kind of forget that, okay, there's a reason why they're in the play and you saw that the second half. So you flip side, go to Chicago. You saw why they're in the play-in in the first half, and then the second half, it's like, oh, look how good Chicago can be. So I kind of had mixed feelings about the last two nights, about kind of the games, but I was super – I thought the Pelicans-Thunder game absolutely lived up to the hype. Those are two young teams that are on the come-up. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what I'm what I'm just looking at. And the other teams are kind of a lot older. But Brett, give me your thoughts on kind of how you like these last two days of playing basketball.
2: I mean, I love the playing, which you probably could have guessed. Like you said, it's just more basketball obviously um, incentivizes a lot of these teams to win and compete uh, unless you're the Mavericks um at the end of the season so it just you know i think at this point and and this is probably the same thinking with the mid-season tournament that they're going to start next year is just like spicing up the regular season uh as much as possible it's like no not every team is going to bust their ass to try to get into the play-in but some are and it's fun to pay attention to those teams um the last couple weeks of the season it gives them something to play for obviously and um yeah i agree man like yeah, the Lakers Wolves game was ugly, but I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy it. I was um, up, man.
0: I stayed up for it. I'm, I'm in the Midwest, dude, and I yeah. stayed up till midnight for it. I, I even texted um, Ethan. I'm like, dude, I got to be up in a couple hours, man. I'm staying up for this overtime game for the worst five minutes of basketball I'm going to see in my life.
2: Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, you know, yeah, you could go down the list of all the things that that happened, but I, it was it was pretty ugly basketball, but the stakes are so high really. I mean, it is like, you know, a playoff spot at stake. So like just seeing two teams compete for the highest stakes of the season pretty much so far, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think that's pretty dope. And then the, the Atlanta Miami game, it was just like, is Miami this bad? Like they just, I I couldn't believe how badly they got dominated on the glass. Like, Obviously, they're a smaller team. They they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of big guys. Um, so it's not super surprising going against Atlanta, who has like three, four, maybe, yeah, three or four quality bigs, I guess, depending on how you define it. But I, that, my main takeaway from that was just like, man, Miami looks rough. And and, and also Atlanta looks to have a pretty solid nine-man uh, playoff rotation here with Jalen Johnson, Onyeka Okongwu, Sadiq Bay and Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench. Like, that's that's pretty solid, man. Like, we've t- talked about the Hawks so many times on this podcast, and I feel like I say the same thing over and over. Like, um, you know, they have a ton of talent. They've got a great-looking roster. Like, on paper, they really look like a, a, a damn good team, and it just hasn't been there. But, hey, they ha- Quinn Snyder hasn't been there that long. Like, maybe things are starting to come together. I, I like what I saw from them, but it was more like Miami was just rough. Um, but I think, like, to to get back quick to the Pelicans game, and the reason why that game was so dope, like obviously, it was just an objectively entertaining, close, competitive, hard-fought game between two really fun teams. But like, it, it's a, it's a really even matchup, and that's what I like about the plan. Like, you know, in the regular playoffs, in the first round, you're going to get the one eight is usually pretty fucking lopsided. The two sevens pretty lopsided. Some years the three six is really lopsided, right? It varies from year to year, but that's generally how it goes. Whereas in the plan naturally you're going to get these tight matchups because it's the seven versus the eight or the, and then the nine versus the 10 and then whatever, you know, whoever wins, but they're all within that seven to 10 range. So like, there's going to be exceptions. They're going to be teams that got bit by injuries that are really strong now or teams that started off really strong, had a great record halfway through the season, fell off, still snuck into the plan, but they're not playing well. But for the most part, these teams are naturally going to be pretty evenly matched. And, And I think that's what we saw with the, with the Pelicans and the Thunder. Like that's that would be a great series. I, I wish we could see that series, but it's cool that we at least get to see that game with uh with that kind of stakes. So I mean, I, I think that was the game of the year when you factor in the stakes um so far. It, it, it was fantastic. And that, that that's what the play-in is all about. So you're not gonna get, you know, all great games every year in the play-in, but I think you're gonna get one or two games like that at minimum just because of the nature of the play in and how these matchups come together and uh and that man I'm all for that you know if out of what six games you could get like two or three bangers like that's a pretty good rate um so I've enjoyed it thoroughly and I think it's um one of the best things the NBA has done is implement the play in tournament I, agree. I couldn't I couldn't be a bigger fan of it I agree I agree and sticking on that Pelicans-OKC game, I kind of
0: want to look at the Pelicans a little bit here. Uh, Zion had some very, very interesting comments within the last couple of days where basically he's been cleared to play for the last couple of weeks, but he mentally he said he's not there, and he, he, while he wants to be out with his teammates, you know, he doesn't want to, because he's mentally not there and sometimes he feels good and sometimes he feels bad, he doesn't want to hurt his team. So I want to ask you, like going forward, (laughs) where do the Pelicans kind of go, right? Because I think they have a really good squad. I I know CJ probably wasn't the best in the the game last night. You know, I know he was 5 for 15 from the field. But I think, you know, when Brandon Ingram did play, he probably had one of his best seasons that he's had in the NBA. But clearly this team is built around Zion. And I, I'm sure Mikey can look it up, and I'm sure he'll probably chime in here, but, you know, the average games played for Zion is not good. Like, let's just, let's just be blunt about it. And I know, you know, Brett, two years ago, we did a redraft on our podcast, and I said I would take Ja, and my reasoning was, it's not because I think Ja is better than Zion, it's because Ja is going to play. Like, I know he is going to play, and I have serious, serious concerns about Zion playing. I just don't know where the Pelicans go from here. I know a lot of people have compared this to Joel, the Joel Embiid situation in Philly. That was a little bit different just because Joel had broken his foot. And, you know, basically for the most part, you know, Philly was actively trying to tank, you know, this is the second year in a row that the Pelicans have been in the play-in, And obviously last year they made, they made the playoffs and gave Phoenix one for their money. This year they made the plan. and they're not. But, like, they they need Zion. You know, we, we kind of can joke about it. But in the beginning of January, I believe this team was number one in the Western Conference. Like, when Zion plays, they're a championship contending team. Uh, Mikey just came through. And since Zion's been in the NBA, he's averaged 38 games a year. Like, that's not going to get it done. I have no idea what the Pelicans should do. I'm not saying that they should trade Zion. I think that's a little bit crazy, maybe a little bit early. But you know, if we have the same issue next year, then maybe you really have to have to think about that. But I, I just, I don't know where this team goes. We all like their team. We all like their roster. We love Herb Jones. CJ is 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 a great veteran presence. Like I said, Bi's been phenomenal. Trey Murphy, Brett, one of your favorite players, he's been balling. I, I just don't know how we're supposed to rate this team going forward or what they're supposed to do internally. So give me your thoughts on the Pelicans
2: uh yeah, they were first in the west in uh in December, I believe some point in mid-December right, December, right?
0: For, it, was, it was right around I think, there. yeah
2: I think it was it was like right it was like right before Zion got hurt, I think but it was like you know for a few days there anyway, they really were the top team in the west and they had been one of them for the early part of the season and then you know things just fell apart. Um, to a degree, um, but credit to them for rallying, you know, at the end of the season to, to get into the plan, I think they, they finished the season winning like nine of their last 12, you know, just to get into the plan. So they definitely deserve credit for that. But before that it had been a pretty, uh, precipitous drop off from where they were. Um, yeah, I mean, Zion 38 games a season, but, and then also he missed an entire season. So he's played only 114 in four seasons, which is crazy. Like Zion's lack of availability has been staggering um, since he's been in the NBA. Really 24 games as a rookie 61, his second year, they didn't make the playoffs, didn't play at all in what would have been his third season. And then just 29 games um, this season. So like, you know, it's pretty crazy, but like next season is year five for Zion in the NBA. Like that's, it's like, you know, he's not super young anymore. I mean, it's more like he's been in the league for a while and it's like he's barely played. And it's so frustrating because when he's been on the court healthy, like he was before he got hurt this year, um, he was playing like an MVP. Like he was a legit, he was turning into a legit MVP candidate. Like he was really entering those conversations uh, at the time of his injury with new Orleans playing so well, and he was just dominant. So that's, what's so frustrating about it. There's no doubt what kind of player he is, um, when he's healthy. And look, if you're the Pelicans, like you, you I think you have to just stay the course with this group, with Zion, with Willie green, with David Griffin. Like, I think you just have to stay the course. Like we, we saw how good this team can be earlier this season, and um, and uh, they've got a deep roster, a lot of versatility, a lot of really nice pieces, a lot of really nice young players. Um, and the C.J. McCollum thing, like, yeah, he wasn't very good in, in the playing game. He wasn't great in the playoffs last year either against Phoenix. Um, but he's only under contract for one more season. And, you know, he's not like – He's not maybe a perfect fit with this team, but he's nice to have there. I mean, he's I don't think he's a guy that that hurts you. Maybe you have to look at the the hierarchy there a little bit, like the pecking order offensively. Like where it is, where should he really be in that? Where should Trey Murphy be? Um, maybe even some lineup stuff, but like, um, but I think, you know, I think having CJ there for another year is fine. You get a healthy Zion, all these other guys improving. Um, I I think they could be really good next season if if Zion is healthy.
0: I agree, man. And I think CJ probably in, in you know, the last two playing games that he's played in, you know, his numbers are down because he he should not be in the role that he's in, right? Like he needs to be down a pack because if you had healthy Zion, CJ's probably one of the – he's a perfect complementary player. And it, it it hurts them when he has to elevate to a role because, you know, he's a little bit on the smaller side and he is 31 – and it's just – you need him to play his role. You know, It, it kind of reminds me of some of these other teams when a, a player above them gets injured and they have to step up a little bit and they just can't. And we kill them in the – meet, or, you know, we kill them. But it's like, man, they, there's a reason why that dude's not in that role, right? Like he, he needs to be in the role below him. Like maybe you can, you can get away with it in the regular season. But in the postseason or in a game, you know, a one-game playoff, like you're, you're going to need your guys to step up. And it's just – I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned about New Orleans because, like, like Zion is one of the most electrifying, funnest players. It's funnest the word, funnest players to watch in the NBA. Thank you, thank you, Mikey. I see you shaking your head, but like, he he's impressive, man. And you want to see that dude play. You, I want to be able to, you know, sit down on a Tuesday, put TNT on, and there he is on my screen. And I, I want that to happen, not in October, November, I want that to happen in March and April. And it's just, it's just disappointing, man. Like, I I don't know, like another word to describe it as it's, it's not, it's not the Pelicans fault. It's not Zion's fault. It's just like, it, it is what it is, man. But I always say, man, and I get a lot of, I get a lot of pushback from, well, not a lot, but it's always a minority that pushes back, dude. Your best ability is your availability. Like you gotta be able to play, man. You can be the greatest shooter in the world, but if you don't play, man, it doesn't It doesn't really matter. And I think to me, like, that's the most disappointing part about that. But on the flip side of that game, you had OKC, who I believe, Mikey, you can look at this up. Their over-under was in the 20s. I want to say it was maybe 28 and a half, something like that. Maybe probably a little bit lower. But they've been on fire, man. And that SGA, maybe we'll get to it. I think we're going to do it maybe next week. We can kind of talk about it and kind of do our reactions to it. But at the very worst, SGA is second team All-NBA. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to have him first team All-NBA. They're unbelievable, man. And, and Brett, I think you talked about it. And I, was, uh, I wasn't I was as positive as you were just because I needed to see it happen. But if you really think about it, OKC only had a two-year rebuild. Like, that's incredible. For what they what they had to give up, I think people forget that they were in the bubble. They had to play. They made the playoffs with Chris Paul. They had to play Houston. They obviously lost, but I mean, you know, they the trades that they had to make, the players that they got back. I think, Brett, you said, do they have 15 first round draft picks in the next couple of years? I think I believe that's what
2: you tweeted out. Yeah, in the next five years, I saw that on an athletic article that that came out, and I think a lot of people were talking about it because of that. Because honestly, I wasn't sure. If you had asked me, I would have been like, I don't know, a fuck ton how many picks they have um but yeah 15 over the next five years first round picks so yeah I mean, and I believe
0: I believe phew. you said like hey I'd be pretty impressed if any team had this roster and they had three well they have 15 and you throw in SGA who's going to continue to get better you throw in Josh Giddy, they're getting Chet back I mean can we say is this a thing now can we say playoff door I mean is this is this a thing? This is like you know every time they're in the playoffs, this dude just comes to play. I think people forget in the bubble like this dude was lights mm-hmm. out. I mean he had a he had an outstanding game last night. He was twenty seven points. I mean he's outstanding on defense. Like this team's roster is is really good, and I, I think I'm sure everybody by now has seen Chet Chet the picture of Chet. He looks a little bit thicker. He looks a little bit.
1: You know Jacked. he can handle.
0: He, uh, I wouldn't say Jack, maybe for him, but he... For, for <laughs>
1: Chet, by Chet he's, he's, he's Stern. He's, he's
0: still a skinny mini, but like this, this, the potential on this team, I re- I haven't even mentioned Jalen Williams, who's going to finish second in Rookie of the Year voting, I'm sure. He's going to be first team All-Rookie. Like This team is built, man, and I there there is no team that I am more excited for their future than OKC just to see what they do. Like... <laughs> They, they hold all the cards. Their team is really good. Like, I have no idea what they're going to do. But, Brett, I know I'm actually surprised that you're not wearing the OKC hat tonight. But I got to
1: like, get a new one. I got
2: to get a new one, man. But I, they, they, I love that squad, though, man. I, I love that squad. Um, I would say that the position they're in right now is unprecedented in the NBA. I don't think we've ever seen this when you look at the combination of what they already have, what they've had this year in terms of their core in Dort, Jalen Williams, SGA, Giddy, and then not to mention Chet, you know, coming in who also should be considered part of the core. And then all the assets, the 15 draft picks in the next five years, 15 first-round draft picks in the next five years. Um, and then also the fact that they're already good. That's what I think separates them from like I don't know, the process Sixers or, or just there, there's been other young teams with a lot of assets over the years. But I think what separates this group is that they're like legitimately good. Like they might make the playoffs. Like they beat a really good Pelicans team on their turf um, with high stakes. You know, this is as, as the youngest team in the NBA doing this. So like, yeah, to be this good with this core and this – treasure trove of assets and um you have a great coach in mark Dagnall, and you have a gm with a proven track record of success in the draft like it's just all good i love um, no, Kitty, man
0: josh kitty is so fun to watch
2: oh my god so man 31 9 and 10 in his in his postseason debut you know as a 20 year old and did I you mean, see that, him go after i can't time.
0: i can't remember the pelicans player off the top of my head but he clearly kind of gave him a little cheap shot to the balls and he he got right back up and He was like, Don't fucking do that.
1: Don't yeah, fucking was, do that. It again. was Josh uh, Josh Richardson. Yeah,
0: that's what it was. That's what it was. Like, yeah. dude, he I, I love it, man. That dude is he, uh, he's I thought he was legit he's He he's legit, dude, and he's so fun to watch.
2: I think he opened a lot of people's eyes with that game. Because as good and as fun of a story as the Thunder have been this year, I still don't think a lot of people watch them on a regular basis. But, like, everybody was watching that game because it was a great game. It was the only hoops on. And, like, everybody, you know, again, the play-in, it gets people excited. Um, so I think, like, I think he definitely opened some people's eyes. They're so like, damn, like, he's good. And he's so big. I mean, he's 6'9". He's, he's a point guard. He's um, a top 10 passer in the league. I think he was a top 10 passer as a rookie. And just what he's added to his offensive game, like, he's he's improved his shooting. That That's undeniable. Shout out to Chip England on that. And also giddy for putting in the work, but just his drives, just his ability to kind of recognize driving lanes to sort of leverage his threat as a passer to create scoring opportunities for himself and vice versa. Now he's got the threat as a scorer that opens up passing lanes. Um, He's worked on his floater. He's got a nice floater like he's really developed into a a pretty good scorer uh, in a very short amount of time. Like, I just think that bodes really well um, for his future, the kind of player that he could become, man. Imagine that guy is like a 38, 39% three point shooter who gets you 20. And then with that passing, you know, if he continues to improve defensively, um, you know, he, he, he's a stud and we saw that last night in SGA in the second half. Just, I mean, that, that was such a fun game. Um, that really was again, game of the year so far for me.
0: You know, it's funny, too, because I know that I was a little bit – compared to you, at least, I was a little bit down on OKC. And I think that's what people aren't really understanding. Like, you know, you go into a rebuild, like how they rebuilt. It's not supposed to be just two years. And I I think that – I said it kind of around the trade deadline. They're going to be a very, very interesting trade candidate for some of these star – you know, these these quote-unquote star players, right? I mean, you can plug your ears, Mikey, but I mean, you know – Dame Willard in an OKC uniform would be kind of sweet, you know, playing with 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 some of those guys. I'm not sure how the financials work out, but there, there's going to be you just know it just based on the history of the league. There's going to be one of these dudes that are going to get a little fed up and are going to demand a trade. And it's not like OKC doesn't have the assets to to trade for one of them. So they're they're going to be very very interesting
2: going forward, especially it, this off-season. It almost. It almost feels like they could get anybody. That's what I'm Anybody saying, within man. reason, like, cause like they just have a- assets and assets They they could blow somebody away with, with, with a package, you know, like it, you throw in one of their, one of their nice players and a, a bunch of picks. Um, who could you get back? Like, imagine if like Bam had a bio, like imagine, imagine if they could get that guy on the team next to Chet or something, just for instance, like what if the heat don't make the playoffs this year and they just tear it down? Uh, well, yeah, or he yeah, demands yeah. a trade or something like uh, that's like the level of player. I'm not saying that, you know, bam is available or anything, but like, that's the level of player that they really could just go out and get and give, you know, a team like Miami, like just an offer they can't refuse. But you know what else though? Like I would say
0: this, really too, I think this, I think this is a little underrated point. Like I know it's Oklahoma city. Like that's where you're going to have to live. You know when I know that it, kind of glamor markets are, it's going to be tough for Oklahoma city to do that. But have you ever heard a player, like, disrespect that team? Kevin Durant, he says he loved Oklahoma City. Obviously, he had his issues with Westbrook. Chris Paul has nothing but love for them. They said he got his body right. I mean, Al Horford, who literally I think people forget that he got traded to Oklahoma City. And they said like, dude, it, he has rave reviews about that organization. Like, I have never heard a player say anything bad about Oklahoma city. So, you know, if you're going to go there, yeah. All right, man, you're living in Oklahoma, but like the fan base is going to go crazy. We've seen that plenty of times. All you got to do is go back to those, you know, KD Russell Westbrook teams. And it's a top notch organization. It's the equipment, the Mm -hmm. weight room, everything from like you said, remember, Brett, we talked about on the podcast um, when, when Chip left San Antonio, to Oklahoma city, like that was unheard of. Right. Like, I mean, that that's, a pretty big deal especially cuz he went from San Antonio which is probably as a as a class organization wise on par it was a lateral move for him and he was like no nah, man I'm going to do it like they they're legit man like that is a very very legit organization and if for people that don't kind of understand that if you were to move that team to one of the bigger markets it'd be star central like like I like for mm-hmm. real like that's not I'm not exaggerating that like it would be unbelievable but let, let let's move away from the Thunder and the Pelicans. And let's go to one of the first game of last night, Bulls Raptors. As, as I kind of said at the top, like it was, I thought the the first and second half was perfectly defined. These two teams uh, on kind of what their potential is, how good they can be when it's right and how bad they can be when it's bad. And it's why that they were in the plan, but let's go, let's start with Toronto. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Nick Nurse's contract not being renewed or him kind of having a parting ways. I know Bill Simmons said that, you know, Houston, he's their number one target. Who knows what's going to happen there? But clearly something there was not working. I know that you, you and I both had them in our preseason prediction as at least a top four seed in the East. Clearly they were not. They were not sellers at the trade deadline. They were buyers. Kind of worked out to that. I don't really know where this team is supposed to go. Nick Nurse is someone that clearly, I don't know if his voice isn't being heard in the locker room as loud. But, you know, he's had a couple instances. Last year we had Pascal Siakam unhappy with his role. Obviously we had Fred Van Fleet a little bit this year. And this dude does not play his bench at all. <laughs> he's, he's riding his starters until the wheels fall off. Kind of give me your thoughts on Toronto, Brett, kind of a post mortem for them and where, where do you think they're going to go from here?
2: Uh, I mean, if I had to guess, I think they probably run it back. With Nick um, Nurse or
0: with a different head coach?
2: Look, he's uh, what, under contract for one more year?
0: Yeah, but he's, uh, he's made, I, Dave,
2: there's a lot of smoke there. I mean, he. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. He wouldn't be the first coach to be fired, you know, with time left a on his right deal. His- like, he
0: made the comment, like the typical, like, I know I'm going to be gone. Like, I have to uh, take a year off – or not take a year off, but I'm going to take a couple weeks, kind of reevaluate. This year was very hard, all that, blah, 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 blah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I if I had to bet, he's probably gone. But, I, you know, I could see him coming back too. At, at this point, I could really see that either way. Um, and I definitely don't really – have an opinion as to like whether he should like I still think Nick Nurse is a great coach like I I don't I don't think he just became like a bad coach it it might be a matter of them needing a new voice um you know a new strategy a better half-court offense a different identity but like I I like the pieces that they have like I, I don't know I don't see them tearing this team down now van vliet's obviously a free agent um gary trent jr i think has a player option so like those guys could be gone so maybe you you know use that a little bit as an opportunity to reshape the team um but you know i think uh i think they bring it back with scotty and og and and pascal most likely maybe you get more of like a point guard scotty like more of a like a true point forward, maybe maybe you turn Scotty into that guy. I think he can be that guy. Like if Van if Van Vliet leaves, I'd like to see them do that. Um, I don't know, man. They were just so disappointing. I was so high on them this this season before the season, obviously. And like, I think I tweeted this. Like, if you had told me they were also getting Pirtle, like if you had told me it was that before the season, it was that team, and they're getting Pirtle, like I would have considered them a contender for sure. Um, it just did. They were pretty They've been pretty good since they got Um, uh, But, you know, overall, yeah, just just a super disappointing season. And it's kind of the same problems that have been rearing their head for years now with this team. And like, I, I would definitely understand if they wanted to go in a different direction with the head coach. But I think Nick Nurse is a great coach and I think he'll get scooped up immediately, you know, if he wants to stay doing this um, for the foreseeable future, uh, if he should part ways with Toronto.
0: Weird team, man. Just, just I I, you, I think you said it perfectly and I'm going to echo your words. Just, they are the most disappointing team in the NBA. I don't know if there's a it, team that's more it, disappointing. They look so
2: good. Like, e- even last night, right? Like, in the first half, yeah. I-, I thought that when Van Vliet hit that half-court shot at the end of the first half to put him up 11, it was just like, this feels like it's over, you know, it, in Toronto. And then they get up by 19 in the third. Like, at that point, you know, I would have bet anything that the Raptors win that game, despite how many leads they've blown this season and everything like I, I and then the Bulls just start chipping away and then Levine gets super aggressive DeRozan Rosen gets more aggressive. Raptors can't make a free throw. Their half court offense falls out of sync. And yeah, before you know it, it's like. Is close and the Bulls. Well, well, still, well, the let's follow crazy. up
0: on that, man. And I, I want to ask you this: Why don't we see this from Levine more often? You know, where he he completely took control of that third quarter. I'm not sure that the, he's got the right pieces around him in Chicago. but That's neither here nor there. But like when he is on, you look at Zach Levine, and you're like, oh shit, man! Like this this dude has all NBA potential. You know yeah. what I mean? And we know that he. He's got the hops. We know when he wants to. He, he's, he can be engaged defensively. He's really, really been super, super efficient. You know, not, not just this year, but the year prior as well. But, like, what is it going to take? Why can't we see this consistently from him?
2: Well, I think a lot of it's been health with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's been dealing with, with a knee uh, for a while now. And it seemed like around the all-star break is where he really gained – confidence in his body again and like I mean he went on a tear you know post all-star break like if, I would be willing with that to if if you took his post
0: all-star break numbers from the end of the season and you combine that into the whole one season he'd be all NBA like he he was Oh like, yeah. He was that good.
2: It, it was like 28 29 points a game I think really good efficiency so like this is who he is and like if you go back to the year before they got DeRozan like that, Zach Levine, that's what we're getting now. And then you had the DeRozan year, um, you know, kind of like the the adjustment and everything and, and him sort of taking a backseat almost to DeMar. DeMar had this just crazy year. And then Zach has kind of the knee injury. Um, so he's healthy now. I, I really think that's it. I think this is who he is. And uh, But man, when he turns it on, it is spectacular. Like, like I described it as killer mode. Like that's what he looked like he was in. Like I, he was just – I think what do you have? Seventeen in the third, thirteen in the fourth, thirty in the second half. Like he took over that game. Demar was good too. Demar was getting to the rack, but um, but Levine just that level of speed and force that he can play with, and then just the you know fully confident, just casual, effortless three pointers, just draining them. Those pull ups, like when he's when he's full of confidence and his body's feeling good, like he is a problem. And, like, it's going to be interesting to see um, them against Miami. Like, is is Miami going to be able to stop both those guys? Like, good transition,
0: brother. All right. Who do you think is going to win that game? Because I think that game is really, really fascinating. mm -hmm. Because on one hand, you have Chicago, who's coming off this win. And like we said earlier, it's a tale of two halves with them, right? They can either be really good or they can be really bad. I'm curious to see what kind of version of Miami we're going to get. Is this going to be like a very, very pissed off Miami team? Because as, as you said at the top, uh, I don't think Jimmy was very good. Old-ass Kyle Lowry played his heart out, and they still got beat. You know, if He's you would have told me Kyle Lowry was going to have that kind of production, I'd have been like, oh, Miami won by what, 30? He, you know, I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But the starting lineup is very, very weird. It's not the the quote-unquote heat culture that we, we've been used to the last couple of years. They don't have a lot of defense in their starters outside of Jimmy and Bam. They really, really need those dudes, you know, Strauss, uh, Tyler, to just go off. This is going to be a really, really interesting series. I, obviously, I don't think um, we can get to our predictions a little bit later. I don't think either of these teams stand a chance in, in round one of the actual playoffs. But I'm just – I'm kind of weirdly excited for this game because, like, I, I really hope we get a pissed-off Miami team, and I, I hope that we get second-half Chicago. That's going to be a great game. If we get that, that's going to be a great game.
2: Yeah, it is, man. It is. Like, I mean, as bad as Miami looked against Atlanta, you know, we know they're better than that. As as underwhelming as their roster is, and as kind of disappointing as they were this season, like we say it every time, but you, you can't count them out. Um and now if I had to put money on it, I would probably pick Chicago. Um, I think you know, I just think with the the level that Levine is at, and and the level DeRozan can get to, which he wasn't even necessarily at uh, for most of that that last playing game, but like if DeRozan can be the Demar he has been for the majority of the season, and Levine can be this guy, and Vucevic can stretch Bam out to the perimeter a little bit, and, and Levine and DeRozan can just attack. Like, I, I don't know. I think the Bulls are a are a better team. For the Heat, it's going to just take the kind of performance we know Bam is capable of. He was pretty invisible in the game against Atlanta. It was like, it wasn't even just that he was bad. It was like, he didn't even really make an impact on the game. Like he looked small. He just looked, just didn't look like, he didn't look great. Um, Now, of course, this is just a a completely different matchup. Um, He could be a completely different guy. He's going to need to be like, that was a hero and and Kyle Lowry game, you know, Mm Um, against Atlanta, and and they're going to need it to be a Jimmy and Bam game. I think against Chicago.
0: Let me me ask you this question. Which team do you think has more pressure on them to win? I bring this up because there's been a lot of talk at the trade deadline this past season. Excuse me, Chicago blowing this up. For those of you that don't know, Chicago, their fan base is insane. They're awesome. They go to every game. I think this is another year that Chicago had the most uh, – the, the biggest attendance in the NBA. But they're frustrated down there. I can assure you that they're frustrated down here. Miami has already – sorry, Mikey, plug your been licked as, as a Dame candidate if, if Portland chooses to get rid of them. They clearly need to do something, right, because they signed Duncan Robinson to that huge contract extension. He didn't play last night. He didn't play in last year's playoffs. There's clearly <laughs> – Something going on there where they have to move off of that contract. Uh, I, I'm, you guys know I'm the biggest Tyler Stan there is. I don't want to make a bold prediction yet, but I can't see him being on this team next season. I just think that they they have to get – defensively, they have to get better at that position. I love him. I think he'll be great wherever he goes. I'm, I'm just curious, Brett, your thoughts. Because I think whoever loses this game, or maybe even whoever wins, I, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of off-season changes.
2: Yeah, um, I could see it. I think there's more pressure on the Bulls. I just feel like the Bulls have, in a sense, more invested in this group. Like they have a lot invested in this group. When you go back to, you know, the the Derozan signing and the Levine extension and the um, the Vucevic trade and you know what they gave up to get him. It seems like they've got a lot invested in this, and like they, you know, the Heat have had success, right? Like they lost in the conference finals last year. They made the NBA finals in the bubble. Um, they've had success. Yeah,
0: dude. I, saw, know, I saw maybe someone, I saw someone. I don't mean to interrupt you. I saw someone in our <laughs> Facebook group. Um, I know it was you, Kyle Graden, who said anybody. If it was anybody else but Miami, Pat Riley would be fired. I'm like, dude. You know, in the last four years, he's made an, his team has made an NBA Finals appearance, two Eastern Conference Finals. They were a three-pointer away last year mm-hmm. from, from going to the NBA Finals, and they were a one-seed one of those years. 97% of the teams in the NBA would have signed up for that run. That, just that yeah. four-year run. Like, chill, man. All right, you don't like the Duncan Robinson contract? I get it. Kyle Lowry? I get it. But just chill, dude.
2: Just whenever you think he can't make a move. He'll make a move that'll blow your brains off, yeah, yeah, no, exactly um i like I don't even know they might not ever have to bottom out, you know, because of just between their savvy in terms of making moves and also just the appeal of miami as a as a destination uh, they've they've got that advantage working in their favor, but yeah, like they've they've had enough success where it's like you know even if they decide like hey, that's probably it for this group ship somebody off reshape the team jimmy's getting a little older whatever like they can look and be like you know what it was a pretty successful run like i think you can have a successful run without winning a title like i think they have the bulls though like i i just think there's pressure on them to do something at least get into the playoffs um as mikey pointed out yeah they signed lonzo ball too that that's been a disaster obviously which sucks he's one of my favorite players but his knee is just jacked up um so, yeah, I, more pressure on the Bulls. And I, I will ask you, though, Steve, as a Bucks fan, who are you rooting for in this game? Who would you rather play as a Bucs fan? I won't give you a prediction on who I'm rooting
0: for, but I mean, you can probably kind of, you're going to be able to tell by my answer. Uh, we'll beat Miami in five. It's going to be, it'll be the easiest series that the Bucs have. I'm not worried about them at all. We'll beat Chicago, but Chicago will be incredibly annoying. Like it, you guys played them last year, right? Y- yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, And the last – well, we played them right before the season ended. Chris Middleton got hurt, played them in the playoffs. Chris Middleton got hurt. I really mm. um, don't want to see them because of that. But, like, uh. Chicago is a feisty, annoying team. That I mean, that's what they are. Caruso is – he's going to be on one of the all-defensive teams. He's an annoying player to play against. Uh, Levine, DeRozan always kills – uh, Milwaukee. I'm uh, granted he's only been there. This is his second year here, but like he killed us in Toronto, Kills us, Kills us in Chicago. Levine can go off at any time. Vucevic, for whatever reason, like he'll hit just like he'll go like 0 for 6 and then hit this weird ass three pointer <laughs> that just is a backbreaker. I, they'll be an annoying team. Uh, but Miami, I'm not, I am not worried about Miami at all. They, they, yeah. they. Their starters that they run out, Brett, like, I don't think you and I even realized when we were kind of chatting offline, I won't say what we were talking about. I think, although I think it was probably on a podcast, like, I am not worried about their starters at all. I'm literally not worried about them at all.
2: I'm not worried about their bench either.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, it's well,
2: just like they just don't they like we we you know we talked about it Ad nauseum, but like they did nothing last off season. The only move with the last last off season was losing PJ Tucker. Yeah. They did nothing else. It was yeah. just like we lose PJ, PJ Tucker and then we're just going to run it back. So like yeah man they that that was really almost shocking how little they did and then obviously yeah the missteps with like Duncan Robinson, Lowry's looking like a misstep. Um last game notwithstanding. But uh yeah, I if I if I were you, I'd be a little more worried about the Bulls, but not worried about either team. Yeah, Miami just it just does they don't move me, man. They never have they're they're not you know what's funny know. though? You know what you know what's really funny though? I, I said this to um
0: a lot of my buddies here that when we were talking, I said that the team obviously I don't think the Bucks will have a problem. I I, I honestly don't think either of the top three teams will have a problem, but I did not want to play Atlanta. Like, why don't you want to play Atlanta? I'm like, well, we played them a lot early in the season, and they were like, what is it, Trey Young? I'm like, nah, like, I'm Trey Young is gonna do Trey Young things, I'm not worried about that. I said, Okangu is the best defender in the NBA at guarding Giannis one on one, he is by far the best guy, and for whatever reason, like, well, it's not for whatever reason, he's extremely talented, right? Like, but we just struggle against Atlanta. Like, I did not want to see that team. I thought we would have beat them in five or six, but it was just going to be again an annoying series. And what happens if Trey just drops a fifty burger one game? Or you know,
2: it's it's the potential for that Atlanta series is very weird for something to happen. Now, I thinking if they just start clicking, man, that team could be could be tough. Like well, I
0: thought, I think though that they caught the worst, the worst team that they could have played is Boston, and they drew Boston. You know what I mean? Like I think if they would have played anybody else, Milwaukee included could have got a little weird there was potential for that but I they, they drew a really tough matchup but yes I like, you told me about Okongwu last season and he he is the Giannis stopper you can't stop Giannis but he's the closest thing to a Giannis stopper in the NBA
2: yeah I think in a lot of ways he's the closest thing to Bam you know especially defensively like the way that that this his size the way he can move yeah, his feet Giannis, Giannis destroys
0: Bam like I'm I'm saying like, yeah. just, dude, like if you watch the games and granted, it was earlier in the season, and if you want to go back to last season, you know, whatever, have at it. But, like, dude, he plays Giannis tough, man. He's just like – like,
2: he is nope. tough. Better, Probably a better rim protector than Bam. Uh, you know, he's a really nice player, and he was outstanding against Miami. Him and Jalen Johnson both. Like, he was. Like, in the third quarter when Miami – Miami was making that run, and then the Hawks bench came in, and they just, they just held him off, um, you know, into the – Fourth, when the Hawks got their starters back in there, but yeah, him and Jalen Johnson were both outstanding, and they're going to be super important against Boston if the Hawks want to stand a chance. But yeah, I, the Hawks, I think, are on another level, a, a tier above the the Bulls and the Heat, um, just just on talent of alone. I mean,
0: I, I'm sorry, they should dude. be. I, I I'm, last year they were my most disappointing team. The only reason why this year, this season they're not my most disappointing team is because thought was was yeah. But like, dude, this this 500 record that they've had for go- going on. You know, two years now, like you, you nailed it, man. On paper, this team, <laughs> this team should be a top four, top five team, right? Like, if you were to compare to Nick's roster compared to Atlanta's roster, just, just on paper, you didn't know, you, you didn't see any of the games. Like, I think everybody would pick Atlanta. It's just so yeah. weird how, like,
2: this isn't working. And they I would, might have like a top eight roster. I don't know. I'd have to give that more thought, but like they have one of the better rosters in the league. I don't know. I just think like I think the Quinn Snyder thing can't really be overlooked. Like I you know, it's not necessarily gonna be overnight, like the changes you right, see with the next coach
0: It's very important for them. It's super yeah. it's, it, if if they fail next season, I right, then you gotta have the conversation about we're
2: gonna maybe move Trey Young, maybe we move yeah. more like but like going, but you got to see them. You got to see a full season. 100%. with Trey and DeJounte and Quinn Snyder. Like you've invested too much in this team and, and you brought in a, a, an excellent coach. Like I'm excited about them for next season, but we might see that. Not that's not that they're going to beat the Celtics, but man, if they, if they won two games, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think it's, I don't think it could go seven. I definitely don't think they could win it, but maybe six, like, I don't know. We we've seen Trey in the playoffs, and um, and again, like if a guy like Jalen Johnson, like who really seems to have been empowered by Quinn Snyder and has been playing great lately, super versatile, big six nine, kind of point forward. Um, you know, he's a guy that maybe you could throw on the Jays to try to slow them down a just, little for a bit. Like minutes, just for a couple minutes. Just for he's got that. He's got that kind of size and athleticism and body type where like. If a guy like that, like he could be an X factor in making it potentially like a relatively close series, but man, like he could be big for them next year. Kongwu's still super young, those guys are like 21, 22. So they've got a lot of nice young pieces too. AJ Griffin, um, DeAndre Hunter, still young. So yeah, man, I, I, I'm excited about this team going forward. And um, I'm glad that they're in the playoffs. I think that's going to be a fun matchup against Boston like I just would rather see them play than Miami Miami is a rough watch so that's like when Miami was getting killed it was like a double whammy it's like this team's getting killed and they're just not fun to watch at all like the way they play so I'm glad uh because I'm gonna be watching the Celtics whoever they're playing so I'm glad it's a fun team in the Hawks
0: all right let's let's kind of end this podcast going to the last game of the plan obviously I, I tried to I saved this one for last just because we had an uh, all Minnesota podcast on Monday that we recorded. What are kind of your thoughts on Minnesota? You, there's been so much drama. You and I really have—I mean, we've talked, but we haven't got a chance to talk on the podcast. It looks like Rudy Gobert. I think he's going to play. Yeah, I'm personally—I don't—I don't care. I'm rooting for OKC just because I think it's going to be fun, okay. and I, I have—I literally have no interest in Minnesota, especially after what I saw in that fourth quarter. Um, do you think OKC gets in? Give me kind of your predictions and kind of what you're looking forward to in that game.
2: I think they've got a chance, man, and I'm definitely going to be rooting for them as well. Now, the game against New Orleans was tough. Like, I lo- I love both of those teams, honestly, like equally. Like, I would have been it w- that was going to be bittersweet either way. Um nothing against Minnesota. Like, I I like Minnesota a lot too, and I've been uh, I've been following them closely all year. But uh, now nah, we're 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 going with with the Thunder, man, for sure in this one. And it's going to be tough though. It's going to be tough. Um you know, Minnesota's obviously got a lot of size um with Gobert and Cat and now Kyle Anderson um you know, and Jaden McDaniels place in the starting 5. Uh OKC doesn't have a center on the roster as far as I know. I mean, it's you know, Jay Will is is like their center. Um they're tiny, like they're going to get killed on the boards. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure they got killed on the boards by the Pelicans. I think that was like a double digit deficit in that game. Valanchunas was, was getting everything like that. And as somebody who watches every Thunder game, like this is, this is what happens against the Thunder. Like other centers, you know, look dominant, especially on the glass. They're just really small. So that's going to be, I think the big challenge uh, for OKC is like, how do you deal with, that size um, you know when you're defending against it namely and then how much can you get back on the other end kind of taking advantage of of your quickness maybe getting those guys into foul trouble uh, maybe trying to space them out a little bit like it's going to be a really interesting um, clash of styles and um, you know I I I think the big thing for for many is probably going to be you know what are you going to get from Anthony Edwards? Cause if you get, you know, a, a, a high level Ant-Man performance on top of just your advantage in terms of size, that's going to be a tough game for OKC to win, but OKC's got their own Superman and SGA. And, uh, you know, if a guy like Dort, if he, if he could stay hot, um, if Giddy can, you know, can keep, if they can play like they did against the Pels, I think they've got a great chance um that was a really good performance from them uh the wolves don't have a an SGA stopper the way the pels did with herb jones where the where the thunder kind of had to adjust their game plan in the first half a little bit get other guys involved like this could be more of a more of an sga game uh, right from the jump rather than kind of waiting until the second half so you know i don't know i just think it's going to be it's going to be size versus just quickness and tenacity and versatility and um you can never count the thunder out, man. They can be anybody on on any given night. Yep. And do you guys have the um, the odds on this one? Like, oh, you want a
0: little odds? Is it but... uh,
2: Minnesota's favored, right? By well, at least, a few I, I economy, got you. Buddy. Right? I got you. I'm just curious. I'm just curious about kind of like what's expected in Minnesota this game. Would...
0: is favored by five and a half.
2: Okay. Yeah. I don't know. If I were betting, I'd be tempted to take the Thunder there. I don't know um, how
0: anybody can – I know that they, they're
2: assuming that Rudy's going to come back. I think he's probably with the back injury. Yeah, he's – I think he's – yeah, he, they say he's still banged up, but I think he's He's definitely playing.
0: You know what, though, um, man? After what I saw in that fourth quarter <laughs> yeah. in overtime, like I would definitely – I I will probably bet on that game and I will probably take the Oakland City
2: Do they have the most pressure of any team like in this – thing or like in this whole play-in because of the Gobert trade, like if they missed the playoffs after making the playoffs the year before, imagine that you, you make the playoffs for the first time. Well, they made it the one year with Jimmy Butler, but a rare playoff appearance for the Timberwolves. And then you give up all that and you bring in this guy that punched a teammate. And you missed the playoffs. And
0: and I think we, Ethan
2: and I really didn't get into us,
0: into this too much on Monday's pod, but I'm wondering if the play, player is voted to suspend him. Cause like you, like you yeah. said, man, you bring up all that. Like wasn't the, the NBA did not suspend him. And this wasn't, no. um, I'm not trying to downplay what happened. This was not like a straight up, just jack to the, the chin. Right. He kind of just gave him one of these like in, in, in his chest. Like you said, they gave up all that for him. And in the biggest game of their season, they decided to suspend him. I'm wondering if the players had something to do with that. Like, just just based on everything we've heard from Utah, everything we kind of heard kind of after that, like, I'm really, really curious if that's what happened.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, if they they had a say in that. Um, And we know whose side they're on in that. Like, they're. That's the thing about Gobert and this has been his reputation for a long time. Like he's he's always been one of the least popular players in the league among his peers. Um he just rubs people the wrong way and it's been that way for even since before all the COVID stuff everything. Like he's just kind of always been that way and uh that's why part of why it was so questionable to bring him in tied to that much money over this many years. Like the what he has left on his contract is astonishing. And it's like, yeah, man, if they miss the playoffs, just the optics of that, just the sheer, you, you made the playoffs, you sold the farm, you brought in this guy and then you miss the playoffs. Cause then it's just like, what if they had just re- run it back with that team from last year? Plus Walker Kessler, like they probably would have been better. Um, And so, yeah, they've got a ton of pressure on them in, in that sense. Cause then it's like, what do you do? Like, Can you, it's not a question of what can you get back for Gobert if you were to trade him. It's what would you have to attach to him to get off
1: him? Or it's just going to be something that's like hard to stomach for Timberwolves fans to take back. Like I could think of like one team being the Mavericks that would be like in a position where they have to make Luka happy. And they'll make a trade for Gobert, but they don't have to give up much. It might be something like Berton's contract and a couple other contracts piece together. And it's like. Let's just wash our hands of the situation, kind of trade, and that's tough to you know you can't yeah. sell your fans on that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that I could I could see something like that maybe happening, but
0: I agree, man, I agree. All right, let's kind of end this with this, man. Are there any games that, this weekend that you're looking forward to? You know, we got a lot of good playoff matchups going on. I know we got your Phoenix versus so, Clippers.
2: Uh, I haven't looked Kansas at it yet. Knicks. Let me let's do a lot. Li- let's do a live look here. I haven't even looked past the playing, man. I'm a live in the moment kind of guy. So it starts I- on Saturday, right? I do believe that. I do believe everything. that you uh, Okay. Said- yeah. <laughs> um, Sixers nets. I'm not super stoked about um, Celtics Hawks just because it's the Celtics. And, and and again, the Hawks are, I find them fascinating that game. I'm very much looking forward to. I think Knicks Cavs obviously has the potential to be a great series. Um, that's going to be a fun one. What's up with uh, Julius Randall. He's supposed to be back. You Guys, No. For He's that game, for game yep. one? Yep, supposed to be back. And they, Wow, yeah, this is a banger of a day. This is actually a banger of a playoffs because then you get Warriors-Kings. That's the series K. right
1: there, man. Let's, Ooh, that's going to be fun. Oh!
2: I mean, that's that's a pretty damn good day, man. I, oh, my God. That's really two days away? One day away by the time this podcast releases? Nope. nope. Sixers-Nets, Celtics-Hawks, Cavs-Knicks, Kings-Warriors? All in one Sunday, day, man. Better than Sunday Slate i love the first round man i love all the rounds i love the conference finals where it's a little more spaced out the games are higher stakes but man like having the first round is so glorious just having all these games like every day i I can't wait i'd say king's warriors is the one i'm looking forward to most that's the the one what
1: what, i gotta ask you guys what do you think um after the first weekend there's always like uh oh this team's in trouble kind of team who do you got for your pick who's gonna like come out of the weekend looking bad, like a team that might have gotten upset on their first game, maybe the first couple games.
0: I'll let Brett. Brett I'm
2: going to go go Grizzlies.
0: I'm going to be different just to be different. I'm going to say the Warriors, man. Mm. I I mean, I cannot get over. I know Andrew Wiggins is coming back. He's going to play about 20, 25 minutes. I know Mm. that they have that rep, but I just cannot get over the fact that even with or without Andrew Wiggins, this team won nine games on the road. I think Sacramento is going to be going nuts. I think that fan base is going to be going nuts. It's going to be, I don't think either of you would disagree with me. It's going to be the hypest crowd of the weekend. Like they're they're going to be nuts. I think the Kings are going to feed off of that. And we could be, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by the Kings because I, I think there's, there's people out there that think golden state is going to roll. I believe, how far are they separated? Like an hour, hour and a half? I think that's all it is between Golden State yeah. and an Less Sacramento. than an hour
2: flight probably, yeah.
0: I don't know, man. Like I, everyone is picking Golden State to beat Sacramento. And I, I, I think Sacramento is going to beat them, man. Not just in game one, but in the series, dude. I, I really, really believe that. Like De'Aaron Fox, I think he could have a coming out party. Sabonis could have a coming out party. Harrison – you know that Harrison Barnes is going to be up for this game? Like he's gonna be up for this game, this series. Like
1: this, this series strikes me as like a Malik Monk series too. Like he's gonna come Mm -hmm. in and just have a couple, like two games where he just has like thirty points. You like, you know, he's gonna have guy come from.
2: He's gonna have at least one like crazy game, but one that he he's that dude where he's the best player for at least for the Kings. Like and and wins it himself. Yeah, uh, Steve, I'm kind of with you on that. I didn't even think of the Warriors as like an answer for this question because they are the lower seeded team, but they're definitely favored right everyone's to win this like yeah
0: i I wanted i was gonna say uh, maybe maybe the the game the the lakers minnesota game was just an anomaly because i was gonna think like i we can do predictions if you guys want but like i i was leaning towards like hey man i think the lakers can legitimately come out of the west and then i saw that minnesota game and i don't know if it was because the lakers just thought they were going to get on the court and just roll minnesota but like lebron was gassed he was gassed man like mm-hmm. shout out to lebron i mean i i was joking with 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 some of the guys he's like 50 years old and you put up 30 in a playoff game right like that's that's unbelievable but he also had he was three, only playing
1: one side of the court he also had yeah.
0: three really really bad turnovers where mm-hmm. like another yeah. team would have taken advantage of that and the story would have been like oh can lebron do you know what i mean like he looked gassed. I know they have four days off before they play, but like, man, that's that game gave me a little pause on them. Like, can LeBron do this for a seven game series? Like, maybe, maybe LA wins game one, but I, I just cannot see them winning this series. I mean, Rui Hachimura was, was he was a no show. Malik Beasley, was he even on the court the, the other night? And obviously they benched. get uh, a big three. Like it it was literally just the the AD was, I thought the box score doesn't show up, but I thought he was spectacular. I mean, he literally was a force. And when he had to come around, he came around, but
1: his, uh, despite that Conley foul at the end of the game, at the end of regulation, like AD changed the game entirely. with his switching in the fourth quarter. Like it was fucking, they kept running that same play trying to get cat, like posted up, but they had ant with Austin Reeves on him and they kept running this, play to bring AD up on the switch and he just engulfed Ant yep. every fucking time, you have, tell every it scared, time. Them, scared them completely out of their offense like he's he can be that guy for a seven game series I'm curious to see how you know the Grizzlies watch that game I'm well, curious Mike, to see you, how they counter it you bring up a good
0: point because I, if you had to have a, you know a, a all NBA team on poster childs of who get who create dumb fouls cats number one and Jaron Jackson might be number two like it, it's going to be very, very interesting, but I, I just, you know, Morant is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think Dylan Brooks could potentially give them some problems on the perimeter. Like I, I like Memphis in that series, but I, I just, I'm I'm still a little and who knows I could eat my words, man. I, I, I Maybe I'm the idiot, but like I, I, everyone is picking Golden State to come out of the West that I see. A lot of people are picking Golden State to win. Like this is the matchup that every team wanted and I, I just think Sacramento's going to have a chip on their shoulder, man. Like, hey, we're fucking really good too. And I, I really, really hope that this is uh, De'Aaron Fox's coming out party because I think a lot of people have been sleeping on him.
2: Yeah. I'm, I think I'm picking Sack on that one too, man. Like, I think they're going to surprise people too. Like, I've, it, I, I don't know. People, it still doesn't seem like people are taking them seriously. And I think it's, probably because they're the Kings and because it's all offense, not much defense. And it's just, they kind of came out of nowhere and they're just so far off what everyone's expectations were heading into the season that I just think people aren't necessarily taking them seriously, but they've been a better team than golden state all year. And um, they've got just as good of a home court advantage as golden state. And they've got home court advantage in the series. I think they're the only team in the West that had a road record above 500. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, you know, that means, hey, maybe they can get one in San Francisco and game seven. If there is one is going to be in sack and that crowd is crazy, too. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I probably would lean them. That's going to be a good series. I, if there's one series that's going seven, man, that that's that's one of the ones that could. There, there's a couple, I think maybe that Cleveland, New York. But yeah, Cavs uh, for me. I think that's, you know, what, man, who I got
0: can, can I rebuttal on that one? I hope that series goes seven. I don't know if you guys heard the the, the New York podcast that we did, but like I, I love it when Madison Square Garden is hype. But man, dude, I could see Cleveland beating them in five. I, I I really really could, dude. Like all the analytics love Cleveland. Statistically, they've been in the top five in both offense and defense all year all year long. I know their clutch stuff is a little eh. I know New York has the the bigger cl- clutch player in Jalen. I hope it goes seven, man. But that I'm I, I'm worried that we're going to be disappointed in that series.
2: Yeah, it, it's possible, man. It's just the four or five is always kind of a natural. Like uh, it feels close, although I don't think that'll be the case with Suns Clippers. But uh, but that New York Cleveland, like on paper, it does seem like a pretty even matchup. Did you, should we make our picks like really quick for the first round? Just run through them. Yeah,
0: man, go for the it. You official go, you picks, just get
2: them it. on the record. You go first. All right, all right, cool. Uh, let's see. So I'll go Nuggets over whoever in five. Um, Bucks over whoever in five. Suns over the Clippers. I think the Suns are going to sweep the Clippers.
1: Ooh, why did you say that? I was going to say
0: that. You son of a bitch.
2: I'm picking the Suns to win the West. I'm going to tell right, you right, right, right now.
0: I mean, we got we to make this interesting. All right. if let We can't do that series then. Never mind. If you were going to say six or five, I was going to say, I bet you the Suns sweep them, and we, we got to do shots on the podcast. That was going to be my bet. All right. So we can't do that series because we're in the same boat. All right. Go to the next
2: one. Well, if it ha- we should do shots if if they if they sweep them, we should we should do shots. Well, we, we should have
0: another wager on a different series though, because we're going to disagree on one of these.
2: Grizzlies Lakers, um, do I do it? You going to? I Lakers? think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. And I worry about Jaron getting into foul trouble. The Adams absence hurts. AD is going to be a problem. AD is a tough guy to rely on, but all right, man, I'll pick, I'll pick the Lakers. In I love to think about
0: that. Let's hear the rest of your picks. Let's see the rest of your picks.
2: All right. And then let me just go to this next day here. Uh, oh yeah. And then, okay. So this would be the, let's see. So Sixers over the Nets. Um, I'll call a sweep on that one too. A I think sweep? they stomp them. Yeah. I don't think the Nets, I don't think the Nets are that good. Um, Celtics Hawks, I'm going to say six Celtics and six over that. I bet you, I'm going to, I've got a little bit of faith in the Hawks, not to win the series, but to push it to six. Um, I'll say Cavs over Knicks in seven and then Kings over warriors in seven. Those would be my two seven. Games.
0: All right. So, all right, here's the back. Cause we got to make this fun. Damn it. We kind of have the same thing. All right. I'll take Memphis. That's nah, the first round. I'll take Memphis. You take the Lakers. Okay. We will do start of the second round after that series. I'll do five shots. You have to if if I if the Lakers win, I'll do five shots. If Memphis wins, you have to do five shots. I'll probably do them with you regardless, but whatever. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's the best.
2: Yeah. All right, it's on. <laughs> Handshake deal It's on. Can't
0: take a, on. I, I like that. So I no want to root, root for
1: the Lakers. Now I can yeah. root
2: for the Lakers. I, I just needed a, an excuse to do it. But no, I think that, that could be a really interesting series. I want to root for the Lakers just because uh, a, a couple people like just did not
0: understand like how much better the Lakers got from that trade. But like, I, it's a good draw for them. But at the same time, man, like I just – from what I saw – I'm just – small sample size. From what I saw on Tuesday, man – I it looks like the Lakers are going to get gassed early dude like it it, it, like I'm
2: worried I'm very very worried I'm just taking away that AD looked great like he looked he looked fresh um he he played great and like he was always going to be kind of the the x factor for the Lakers in a series against Memphis so the Grizzlies are really good like don't get me wrong but I, I actually am really high on the Lakers ever since the the trade deadline. Really like right. I, I genuinely like their roster. I like their team. I like what they're doing. And I'm just gonna try to forget about some of the, the ugly stuff we saw the other night. So yeah, that'll be my that'll be my kind of controversial pick. And I and we, I'm glad we got a bet on it. That's what's up. Damn, Mikey, did you
0: hear him say Phoenix in a sweep?
1: Oh, I missed that part, but I I he like He said it, Phoenix actually. in a sweep. Well, yep. PG's probably not going to be there until like maybe the third game, right?
2: Yeah, something like that. I know he's not going like to be ready yeah. to start I, the I playoffs. Would, I then... would probably
1: think, yeah, I like the pick. I I got to think that Ty is going to get like one game. Kawhi's looking like a monster. like right. I again. wouldn't I surprise say, me at all, I feel like, but I'll, I'll I, felt like I had stuff. to pick
0: a sweep. I think the most uncompetitive yeah. series is going to be the Denver, whoever they play. And I think the second yeah. most uncompetitive series is going to be Phoenix Clippers. I just think the Clippers will get yeah. one game.
2: I think Phoenix is really, really good. Like, I just don't think anybody's realized it yet. Well, the people have, obviously. They're probably like the third or fourth most favored team to win the title. But, like,
0: I think it's them or the Celtics. A lot of people are picking to win the title.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. And, I mean, and rightfully so. But, like, just kind of the general discourse, I just haven't heard a lot of hype about them. And I think it's just because they've barely played together. You know, their main, their core four guys have hardly played Durant came and pretty much went down a couple games later and just came back at the end of the season. So I think they're the one where it's going to be like, we see them a couple times and it's like, Oh shit. Like, all right, they're the favorites now. Um, I think, just think Durant and Booker are going to be so, so, so tough to stop in a playoff setting. They're built for it. There's a little question of depth, um, but you know, health, I, health <coughs> always, always a question, but I'm, I guess I'm banking on them to stay healthy, at least for the first round.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Hey, we will. Um, we're going to be banging on a lot of pods in the next uh, in next week. Uh, so or this entire playoff run. I apologize. So this is going to be fun. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Let's do it, baby. Playoffs are here. Playoffs are here. Let's get hype. This was a great pod. We'll talk to you guys later. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.